Welcome to Living in the Past, where two middle-aged dudes relive their past by enjoying the pop culture of their youth. Devin, are you ready to sell homes that are built on a cemetery, piss off some ghosts, get slimed with echoplasm, ectoplasm, cross over to the other side and back, and finally realize that TVs are bad? Whoa, whoa. Well, uh, Jeremy, as a former uh, owner of a home inspection company. This is the, the 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 episode I've been waiting for because clearly, had they had a <laughs> fucking home inspection, we wouldn't have had to go through some of the challenges that this family went through. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, just a little, you know, checking the tires kind of situation. I, I mean, it I wouldn't think. have taken that much. It wouldn't yeah. have taken that much. Yeah, the, the, the bodies weren't that deep underground. <laughs> like quite, liter- right quite literally. There. <laughs> right there. Yeah, it's the 40th anniversary 40th of Poltergeist. Mm. I saw this in the theater wow. with my dad. I don't know what he what was What is it? Yeah, your dad just takes you to the, like, let's just, like, you know. Summer of 82 yeah. is wow. magical. Wow. Magical. Brian Adams has once a word, but go ahead. You know, it scared the hell out of me. When did you first see <laughs> Poltergeist, Devin? Um, it was probably a right around that time. I don't recall seeing it in the theater. Now, this came out the same time, right around as Fright Night. There was like this run of like non-slasher horror movies, yeah. early 80s. Yeah. And it also came around a lot of time of like creep show. Is that right? It's well, this is the summer of '82. Okay, so this okay. is Conan summer, ET yeah, summer, yeah, like yeah. And then Poltergeist probably had an influence on those other films yeah. coming out, like, yeah. Because it's it, for the early into the mid '80s. Because I think Friday Night's '85. Okay, like. Poltergeist says, yes, you can make these types of movies yeah. that will make you a lot of money. Lots of money. Yeah, I, I would. I will probably default to my answer on just about every episode that I probably saw it on VHS at <laughs> Travis's house. That thank, That's always a safe bet. Oh, thank God for Travis. Yes, it's true. Thank God for Travis. Um, We need to get this out of the way, though. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Poltergeist is not directed by... Uh, Toby Hooper, who made um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's nice. listed as the director. This is, lies. A, this is a Steven Spielberg film. It is. It, it's it's crazy. Just recently, um, goodness sakes, John Leonetti, who was, he's made people, if they're in the horror genre, in mm-hmm. 2014, there's a movie called Annabelle. Yeah. Um, Leonetti made that. He was a director of that, but he was on set. He was a uh, first assistant camera on Poltergeist. Okay. And just recently, I mean, this was just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, he was like, yeah, like Spielberg made this. <laughs> like he made this. In fact, his quote is, the shoot was very intense, very fun, very technical movie to work on. There's a lot going on. And candidly, Steven Spielberg directed that movie. There's no question. <laughs> um, however, Toby Hooper... Um, I adore, I love that man so much. I love how he threw that in, yeah. but this was, you know, right, right. this is what was going on in 82 was that Spielberg had a contract mm-hmm. to do ET and the, the director's guild of America basically was policing. You can't do two things at one time. There was contracts. There was all this like red tape. Mm-hmm. And so to circumvent this naturally, um, Toby Hooper's directing Poltergeist air quotes for right. those listening, right. which is everybody. And we're not videoing this, um, but like you know, you Spielberg just kind of plays this game, and it right. was interesting. Amblin, which is Spielberg's company, yeah. you'll notice the logo. It's the ET logo right. of you know Elliot and ET going across the moon on the bike. 
Amblin has a YouTube channel. They have a five-minute making of little documentary. You go mm. on there, you can look at it. Toby Hooper is in it for five seconds. Nice. It's like Toby Hooper, director. Spielberg's in it for four minutes <laughs> and 58 seconds. Yes. And it's it's all Spielberg did it. And yeah. you look at all sorts of making of documentaries yeah. or, or footage. Spielberg is front and center, and he was, I think he was editing E.T. at the time. Nice. And yet he's bumping over nice. to the poltergeist Two set. Two-time in it. He Love is, it. He Love is. It. And um, it's a Spielberg film. And, you know, on the rewatch, yeah. um, I watched it Friday night. Yeah. Um, we're recording on a Monday. And I was watching. I'm like, yeah, this is a freaking Steven Spielberg movie. There's so many shots and things about it that makes it Spielberg. Devin, do you feel like it's a Spielberg film just by watching it? Does it have that feel to you as an audience member? Or Well, you know, here's the interesting thing is it wasn't until probably half a dozen years ago mm-hmm. that I even knew that, like, this dude Hooper existed when it came to this film. Like, but from the time that yeah. I watched the, the Poltergeist back in the day, I yeah. just had always had assumed it was a Spielberg thing. That yeah. That is all my posse ever knew Jeremy. So like I had to do investigation yeah. like that half a dozen or so years ago. So yeah. And I, I think it sets up, right. It's, it's got a little bit of lightness to it. Yep. The way that Spielberg uses child actors yep. is it's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned some of the shots and I, I think just even some of the, it, right. It's, it's a horror genre, yeah. but it's not, it well clearly it's not slasher film, but it's not, you mentioned Annabelle, get yeah. the fuck out of here with that thing. <laughs> Um, it, but it's not, it's not one of those like creepy, like, right. you know, um, like scare you out of nowhere type right. things. Right. Not no jump scares, no right. jump scares. Right? Right. right. It's got some moments, but it, yeah. it's, it's almost like it's the, <laughs> it's the horror equivalent of like. Nash Lampoon's family vacation. <laughs> Here's the family. Everyone loves them. And and throughout the time that even like all of these hauntings are happening, yeah. it still feels like this family's in it together. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's still it's gonna be okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It it it's so interesting. I was trying to put my finger on it, like why is it a Spielberg film? Like what, mm. what makes it? And you mentioned like how the kid, the child actors right. work. And, right. and there's this thing that Spielberg is able to do. He does it in Jaws. He does it in, my goodness, Close Encounters has mm. moments like mm-hmm. this. Poltergeist mm-hmm. has moments like this. E.T., obviously. It's where there's sort of chaos going on where there's like four or five different conversations happening. Right. But the camera helps you to focus on what's important. Right. But you see the kids are all doing stuff. Right. Like he does it's a magical thing that he does because yeah. I think as parents, we've all had those moments where like you're on the phone trying to talk to someone, the kids are fighting the two, right. you know, a couple of your kids are fighting, your right. wife's saying something to you. You know, right, right. it's just chaos. Right. And and Spielberg just <laughs> he gets what that looks yeah. like. It feels yeah. like um, it's funny. There's a movie called Super Eight that came mm. out maybe almost ten years ago, and and J.J. Uh, Abrams made that, and he basically blueprinted Spielberg. Mm. And you have the same kind of crap going on where yeah. all the kids are talking, but the camera is resting on the main conversation. Right. And it, I don't know if the volume is that different, where you hear 
I would love to talk to a sound designer where you hear that conversation that the director wants you to hear. Right. Uh, even though all these other conversations, I don't know, or if it's just a trick of the camera where right. because the camera's focused right. on their faces, we... Right. Anyways, Abrams does it. Like, right. he does the exact same thing. And there's a few, like, town shots where... Um, in Super 8, the chief of police is kind of walking around or the sheriff is walking around and there's all these people. It's like out of Jaws. Yeah. When Brody's walking around town, same right. stuff. Right. And Poltergeist has that. Yeah. It has that stamped on it. Yeah. Like this isn't Toby Hooper. This is Steven Spielberg. <laughs> right. And there's also camera angles. Like he does a lot of um, editing to the eyes where if you, we talked about this on ET recently mm-hmm. on our ET show where he just puts the camera eye level with the kids. Right. And when the kids right. look at something, we're seeing it from that. He does this in Poltergeist. Like right. It's, right. It is so obviously directed yeah. by him right. that to suggest otherwise is, is pretty funny to me. I love the story behind that, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, what I love even more is we're still acting like there's like no statute of limitations right. on what he did. Yeah. In yeah. It's crazy. Like, so here's the, here's like, um, American Film Institute, here's what they say. Despite a clause in Spielberg's Universal Pictures contract preventing him from working on any motion picture while directing E.T., the filmmaker remained closely involved with Poltergeist Mm. to attempt, because he was a producer, to attempt to keep the budget within 10% of the approved $9.5 million. Yeah. So my college girlfriend, (laughs) Jeremy, she, yeah, she... Loosely stayed within in, budget. Within, well, not within budget, <laughs> but yeah, she she loosely oversaw one relationship well, while you know, you know, working elsewhere. That that happens. Did I just say working elsewhere? <laughs> well, <laughs> as long as we don't yeah. say the name yeah. of Susie. Um, so it's not Susie. It's Carrie. Um, Carrie. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Which is, is scary. Just that name. Right. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. sorts of things. But like, it's funny after all was said and done, the not Spielberg, but basically Hooper was owed an additional, get this. Yeah. A whopping $15,000. Good night. man. So they gave him 15 grand and said, we're sorry for yeah. whatever happened. Yeah. Here's some, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you have a movie that's really a Spielberg film. In fact, I was on the rewatch, Devin, it gets to the end. Mm-hmm. Craig T. Nielsen pushes out the TV out of the hotel room, you know. Right. And the camera backs away on a slow dolly shot, kind of yeah. goes backwards. And it goes, produced by Steven Spielberg. And I'm like, I wait. And it's like, Credits keep rolling, and then finally, I mean, it's three or four names. It's like directed by Toby Hooper. I'm like, awesome, dude. And Hooper, in his to his credit, made probably one of the five greatest horror films ever in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right, right. like this guy's no like slouch. Yeah, and yet it seems like he's not angry. He's just like cool. I mean, he was just probably like showed up on set, (laughs) got to had some coffee. Got paid, dude. Wow. That's great. I wish I could do that. I well, there's been years in my teaching career have definitely been like that. <laughs> just show up, just with, show some up with your coffee and just get paid. <laughs> uh well, Poltergeist is a ghost movie. Yeah. Um 
we got to have this conversation, Devin. Mm. What's your, your your stand on ghosts? Are they real, fake? Had any ghost experiences oh. in your life? Um, they are real. Wow. I didn't um, know that about you. Oh, they are real. Okay. Um, there, there's an issue with uh, a pottery wheel I don't want to talk about that involves a ghost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Almost spit my coffee. <laughs> Those pottery wheels. I know. Ditto. Um, <laughs> I will say I will say that I have had entanglements with the supernatural. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. You have to talk about this. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll wait to get to the summary of the movie. Oh, uh, man. So, come yeah. on, dude. Like, you gotta okay. share. Okay. Um, entanglements. Entanglements. It's very Star Wars. It's very much so. Imperial entanglements. Um, okay, so... Um, I'm trying to like make sure I'm don't out anybody. All right. So, um, one example yes. was, um, a friend was struggling with some stuff. Yeah. Um, the friend had been asked to be prayed over. Yes. And. Oh, this is good. During this, um, his eyes. I'm talking about the full eyeball, Jeremy. Not just talking about like the people. Turn solid black. Um, the person that was my friend, um, that was clearly under some type of otherworldly influence, what? turned his head and looked right at me. <gasps> um, and um, it was like this incredible moment of I am staring at the shell of my friend that is no longer. Wow. In possession of his own self. Wow. Um, there was another time when um, I was laying in bed. Um, I felt the presence of something super dark. Um, and I at, at first I thought like, oh, it's just me just kind of like, you know, right. when you wake up in those like dreamlike states yeah, or whatever. Sure. And I felt this incredible like, pressure like something was sitting on top of me oh wow and then um when the pressure was released there was like a a, a, a clear seat indentation of where the pressure was like where something was sitting on top of me <laughs> wow yeah yeah uh, so what do you go get a snack after that like what do you do after that happens um like I'm gonna go drink a beer. Yeah. I'm gonna just go Woo, go watch the sunset. Start the day. Like, yeah. what do you do? Watch the sunset. <laughs> um, I I think it's just like for me, it was just like trying to process like yeah. what the fuck just happened. <laughs> oh wow. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show that I used to um inspect homes, and there was this yeah. one home in in the town that that I live in, SoCal, not to be confused with SoCal. And uh, there was a, this home, it was um, a craftsman style home. So it was built in um, mid to late 1800s. Oh, wow. Um, while it had been like, you know, updated over the years, it wasn't yeah. like a true like modern renovation like we would think of it. And so sure. the um, property um, was, was fenced off. And I decided that I just wanted to go into it. Now, there's no power or anything to to the property at this yeah. point. Um, and in fact, it's more or less boarded up, but I, I found a way to get in. And um, I, I came in through a window and 
on the uh, living room floor, it's this old like great oak planks floor, there was um, a, a pentagram painted. <gasps> And Are you serious? I'm totally oh serious. I'm totally gosh, serious. I'm totally that's serious. That's when I go back out the window. Yeah, and there was just just enough like daylight coming in through some of the cracks in the boards where you know I could kind of see around. I had my flashlight with me, and um, you've never told me this story. You've never asked. Okay, well here we are. <laughs> this is real time. Listeners. And um, as as I'm looking around, so the 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 ground floor was the the living room, and then there was like. Uh, the kitchen dining room area. Yeah. And as I'm going through there, um, there is like old houses creak, but old houses don't creak in succession. Right. Where right, it sounds right. like someone's walking. Right. And that is definitely what was happening upstairs in this house. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it, it was, I, it just came to this moment where either I'm going to be brave. Yeah. And I'm going to kind of do a little Scooby-Doo action and check yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm going to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. I got the fuck out yeah, of there. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> that, now, I, most white people will yeah. investigate. Yeah. Our, our, yeah. our friends, the African-American community, yeah. are getting out of there because there's wisdom in that. Well, I mean, you know, I go, let me go back to, like, Eddie Murphy. I don't remember if it was raw or delirious. <laughs> yeah, and, like, why yeah. don't white, white people just leave the house? Like, get, get out. Get Too bad out. we can't stay. Um, I, but I will tell you, in that situation, I have never, even even the, the two previous incidents that I described, I have never felt, literally felt, like the, the, the amount of dark energy right. that I've ever felt. Like it, yeah. when I was in that house, it was like even before like the yeah, the tiptoeing, yeah. tap dancing upstairs. I'm just like there is something here that is like clearly not visible to the naked eye. Right. And as intrigued as I was, I wasn't that intrigued. <laughs> yeah, <Kippy. laughs> I don't need to know the mysteries yeah. of the universe yeah. here. Maybe. Exactly. But what, what about you though? Nothing. Nothing. I'm so boring. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this is turning the tables. Usually, you have the great stories. I, I got nothing, man. Wow, like, I've had some weird, like kind of like uh, listeners might not. I, for two years, I lived as a missionary in Eastern Europe. Yeah, I heard a lot of stories, yeah. and it was mainly connected to like the supernatural in relationship to Christianity. Yeah, um, and so I, I had people tell me stuff that happened to them, but yeah. I never had direct yeah. interaction. I've had some weird people act weird, but they were yeah. probably just high on drugs. Sure. You know, sure. so I've never really had wow. ghost experience. I've, I've felt terror a few times in weird situations where you wouldn't think you mm. would feel terror. Yeah. Um, like going to sleep, waking up when I was uh, like 13, 14 years old. And yeah. I still can't understand why I felt that way. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch anything before bed yeah. or, right. you know, I didn't read anything. Like, so it was those are a few real strange incidents, but yeah, you know, I don't, I, I, I can't point to any, it caught this caused right. this. I, right. I can't. Wow. So, but I've never really had the, that experience. Yeah. Now, personally, I'm open. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. Ghosts. Yeah. 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 Why not? I, of course, doing prepping for the show, I did the, the YouTube deep dive. Not fun because there's a lot of weird supernatural videos out there. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. the top five most disturbing, like, poltergeist videos. Right. And those are really 
like if someone like <laughs> if someone staged it, it's really well done. I'm yeah. very impressed. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I personally I just have not had those well, experiences. And it's one of the reasons, you know, we're talking about like we talked about Friday the thirteenth and you know, mm-hmm. the nightmare before mm-hmm. Elm Street. So mm-hmm. you mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And yeah. like those films don't bother me. Right, right. But right. you give me a film that's like well done about paranormal and I will not watch that bitch. <laughs> I will not watch that bitch. It's actually the opposite for me. I have really? the most trouble with the the I like slasher films yeah. to an extent, yeah. but if it depends if it takes certain turns in the story, yeah. like if the victim is a certain type of victim, I'm out, man. I yeah. can't watch really? it, but but yeah, so wow. but go some kind of like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. So where do you stand with like Blair Witch Project? I watched it yesterday. Did you really? My kids. Such yeah. a great film. Yeah, we we watched it and the kids were had never seen it, never really even heard of it. And of course, my son Sam who's a horror film like aficionado. Yeah. Like he just that's his he loves anyone being chased. <laughs> he loves it. He giggles yeah. and laughs. <laughs> nice. I I wish I had that ability. Yeah. Like I'm terrified. And he's just entertained. <laughs> um they loved it. They had a lot of questions. They they did yeah. The ending was a little too ambiguous for them. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, wait, what's going on? Like, yeah. So Sam went and like YouTube, like the ending of Blair Witch, what happened? You know, and uh, we had multiple conversations yesterday. About, I love this. About, about it. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the Blair Witch Project. I, I, I think there are people that are able to tap into dark stuff yeah. that I don't, I can't quite understand, but yeah. I, I, I've seen it. I've, yeah. I'm no, like, and I'm not like, I'm not necessarily saying supernatural, just something maybe even within themselves. It's so dark and horrible that yeah. it's like then human nature can go to some really disturbing places. And right. so that's where I get a lot of the horror. So even just the, the hint in Blair, Witch of like, uh, you know, at different times, like the characters are like, maybe the people from the town are, are messing with us. Yeah. You know, and kind of yeah. like that, like that, yeah. yeah. Like I can buy it. So, that. so we used to own some property up the coast here in California, and all through like high school and stuff, yeah. we'd go camping. I'm like, right. my 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 first car was a, was a full size Ford van. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we w- we would go like camping up there and just stay in the van. And there was one night. And and this is remote. Like this yeah, this isn't yeah. like you know a corner lot in a subdivision. Yeah, yeah. This is remote, Jeremy. <laughs> literally in the mountains. And we were we were uh, in the van, and it was probably like ten o'clock and stuff, and it's summertime, but it's still dark outside. And it was like that scene in Blair Witch when we were there in the tent because we heard shit around us, wow. and then somebody, something started rocking the van, oh. and we're just like, and you know, thankfully we were teenagers with freaking shotguns, and there so we came, we came out of the van <laughs> ready to like blast, but like no trace of anybody. Wow. Yeah, but so like when I see that Blair Witch thing, I'm just like, Mm-mm, nope, yeah, nope. no. <laughs> thing. Well, I've been lost before. Yeah, and wow. in the woods, Oof. and um, it was up in. For those familiar with Alabama, it's like the Talladega National Forest. I got lost for twenty. Me and a buddy were hiking. We were actually prepping for um, hiking the Appalachian Trail. Okay, so we were just trying to. It was kind of a timed hike. We had yeah. our maps. We had. Um, topographical maps. We, I mean, we relatively knew what we were doing. Did you you open them? (laughs) We opened them. (laughs) We read them. 
But I and th- those moments in Blair Witch where they're where they're like looking at the map and they're like confused yeah. and like wait is this the stream is this the ridge is right this? like I've felt that wow. that's a really demoralizing feeling when yeah. you you feel like you're competent right and you got your compass you got your map and right. then you you hit spots on the map where you might get a little turned around right and that's what happened to us and it it like we just we misidentified a few features Dang. on the map and. And we were out, man. We were out. And so I think our hike started at at sunrise, and we went way into I mean, we got back to the vehicle at like 11 midnight. Whoa. Yeah. So we were out all day, and and, uh, we were just, it was like we were speed hiking. We were trying to like just getting really good shape for the hike. Right, right. um, (laughs) So it is utterly, when you're in the middle of the woods at, 11 at night. Yeah. It's not fun. No. And you hear all sorts of things. Right. Because there's things out there. Right. And right. Um, thank God we we kind of, before the sun went down, it was um, it was early spring. So it wasn't daylight for a yeah. long time. Yeah. And, but thankfully, we identified a few things and kind of got our bearings before the sun went down. Wow. And so we kind of knew the direction to yeah. head in and we yeah. found the car, but like, I'm just, that was terrifying. I'm, I'm like Vern and stand by me. <laughs> <laughs> Do not put me in the woods at night. Uh, it was, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> P- pointing pistols in every direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, uh, once it got dark, we were moving. Wow. Like we weren't slowing down. Yeah. We were like, we got to get out of yeah. here. And, uh, wow. that, that crap's scary. Yeah. And so, yeah. Oh um, my gosh. So, Poltergeist. Well, let's take a break. We'll come oh, back okay. and we'll talk about the movie. Yeah. Be right back. All right, Devin. So the movie starts out yeah. and you get the the whole kind of I love the opening because Spielberg. <laughs> we'll just right. say Spielberg. Yeah, let's do it. Um the filmmakers. Uh introduce us to the family. It's just a camera that kind of goes through the house, shows us everybody in bed. Right. And then you see little Carol Ann, mm-hmm. um, five-year-old Carol Ann, mm-hmm. uh, who ends up getting out of her bed, goes down the stairs, sits in front of the TV. And here's the thing I think my kids watched. So here's what's interesting. Yeah. This weekend on, I think it was Saturday, Friday night, Friday night into Saturday. Yeah. We watched Poltergeist. Later into Saturday, we watched Blair Witch. So (laughs) it was interesting because they were out on Poltergeist after the first half. Really? Yeah, we're done. Like, whoa. Blair Witch. All all the way. Wow. Beginning to end. Wow. Totally in. All three of my kids. What was it from their perspective, you think? Well, it was interesting Sam just made a comment about the TV being just that concept. Like, what's that, Dad? Like, like just <laughs> static that, on a TV. Not, yeah, not, but yeah. he was like, he, the whole like, why does it go to static? It didn't yeah. make sense to him. Yeah, because I don't know if he's ever seen static. But that's what I'm saying. Though, like, how fascinating is like this movie doesn't work for me because I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, TVs used to have static. Yeah. Oh, and I, well, and then I told him, I go, well, that's beautiful. I go, well, Sam, like. They would cut the TV off at a certain time at night, and they yeah. would play the national anthem right. and cut it off. Right, and, and and I'm like that. I didn't think twice about that. Right, but to Sam, he was like, "What's going on?" Right, like, right. And then like when she stared, Carol Ann, of course, goes into the parents' bedroom, stares at the TV. You got there here. You got right. the whole moment, and and 
I, to, it was interesting just why because he loves horror movies and scary yeah. movies, and he's like, okay, like staring at TV, it's not that scary to me. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> when the arm kind of comes out, or like that white misty kind of figure yeah. arm, whatever, yeah. comes out of the TV, it's so animated. Yeah. That and of course, Industrial Light and Magic is doing some amazing stuff in the film, right? But in today's standards, it right. was just like it looked like a cartoon. Yeah. And so Sam was just kind of like, eh. I'll watch a little bit. Like, he watched a little bit yeah. just to humor me. Right. And he loves 80s stuff. Right. Um, but it, it just, he totally lost That's it. so fascinating. He totally lost. That's when the investigators come into the house yeah. and start doing their, he was like, nah, whatever. Like, I'm just going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> and, then, and then later, Blair Witch, he was all in. I don't, I don't wow. know why. Totally in. And he's right around the same age you were when this came out and you saw it yeah that's why he's a little bit older yeah. a little bit more mature to like yeah. get some things that yeah. i wasn't getting when i saw it yeah um and so you you get the the whole you know caroline and i found it creepy on the rewatch where caroline's having the conversation with the tv she's like yes five no yeah. i don't i'm like that's pretty creepy yeah. like she's hearing this like having right. this conversation right. where we can't right. hear it i thought direct d- direction wise that's really clever yeah. to do that right right um but then you have like you know this kind of like hand come out hit the wall everything shakes but the right. parents don't really notice it and then you go to the next day mm-hmm. and um the pet bird's dead right for you, did the open like when you think back to Poltergeist, does the opening like pull you in? Because I'm looking at my kids and they're like, eh. But like, I was pulled in yeah. even on the rewatch. I'm like, okay, this I'm fine. Yeah. I'm I think there was enough hype at the time. Yeah, yeah. Where it was kind of an eclectic event. I mean, I distinctly remember when um, Nightmare on Elm Street came out, and that was such right like a, a pop culture zeitgeist yeah. Yeah. that it was just it, because you were with your friends and there was like the momentum and the buzz about the movie. And I think Poltergeist was very much the same way as far as like mm-hmm. this, like we're all going to see this movie. Yeah. It, so, so I think yeah. that the, for me, it, it pulled it in because like I'm there yeah. with my friends watching this. And so, yeah. People knew about it. Like right. they're right. here was right. a thing we heard in right. pop culture. Right. Like it was said. Often. And might I also add this, because I would be remiss in my duties if I didn't, that, you know, in, in Poltergeist 2, they're back, which is the yeah. same. They they, yeah. they use that audio clip when, when here we go, Jeremy, when Sticks reunited for their 1990 oh, wow. album and tour, Edge of the Century. What? Before they took the stage, it was their back and wow. then breaking into the opening number. So I had to, I had to put that out there. Well, you know, you're a sticks guy. And I, I am. And I hope we do touch on Poltergeist too, because anyway, but go ahead. We yes. need to, we yeah. need to but go ahead. Uh, but go ahead. One of our patrons, Trevor is going to be very mad if we don't talk. Oh, about well, I wouldn't want to upset that guy. Yeah. Um, so the next day, yep. Diane, the mom, yeah. notices that Carol- Caroline has like a pet bird. <laughs> pet bird's dead. Yeah. And there's a few moments early on that I think as a film, yeah. I'm pulled in. Yeah. It's not super, it is relatable, but it, it's just, there's a familiarity to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a parent uh, watching Poltergeist. So mom takes the birds, about to drop the bird in the toilet. Caroline right. walks in and is right. like, what are you doing? Right. And then they do the burial. It's like in a cigar box right. or a pencil box, you right, know. Right. And and uh, she puts in a flower, right? Uh, you know, a right. little like some food to eat, a yeah. little Blakey. Yes, <laughs> and yes. They, they go yes. bury the bird, and uh, a little foreshadowing of what's coming. And 
all at the same time, the the father, Craig T. Nelson's character, and I think the name is like Steve, I think, but um, Steve's watching football with, with the buddies. Naturally, he's coach. It's a great moment where they're watching it. They're into the game. It's the Rams playing someone. I can't remember who, the play, who they're playing. But then the TV just goes, and it goes to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they lose their minds, and they realize it's a similar remote, or there's a messed up connection with their neighbor. He's trying to get... Mr. Rogers on for his kids, but yeah. it's messing up there. And yeah. there's this back and forth with the remote. It's pretty, pretty funny. Very eighties. Right. Right. Like very, very eighties. <laughs> and, uh, again, my kids were just kind of like yawning. Don't get They're it. Like, Don't like, get it. Eh. You know, my, my, my two <laughs> eldest kids, they, they could care less about football. Sam's a little more into football, but like, it was just kind of like, Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know for you, and yeah. I guess we talk about the movie as a whole. Do the does the family connect with you? Mm. Like, because you have to sort of care about all the yeah. the kids, mom, dad, yeah. and I think if that fails, the movie isn't effective. Like, it do, it falls short for a lot of people. Yeah, um, I think this family is what I will absolutely label as a, a stereotypical white suburban family of the 1980s. I mean, yeah. I think that there was enough of the their home, their lifestyle that was very familiar, whether that was like through personal stuff or just through like the commercials and other shows. I mean, it, it definitely like it fit that mold. Yeah. It, again, Spielberg is kind of like he's able to have interactions amongst the family that if you're especially if you grew up in suburbia, America right. in the eighties, you're like, yeah, I see this. I get right. it. You right. know, it's kind of hectic, crazy. Right. I get it. I buy into it. Yeah. Um, you have this sort of establishment of the family. Um, you're introduced to all the characters, their uniqueness, you right. know, how they'll stand out to you during the film. Right. And here's what I, so when Poltergeist came out, mm-hmm. I watched it often. Mm-hmm. Like I saw it a bunch. Yeah. But I don't think I've watched it since early 90s till wow. I watched it this week. Yeah, wow. So there were some things I forgot. And one of the things I forgot was how quick you get into the, the film. I, it's before the 30-minute mark. You're like way before the 30-minute mark. Yeah. You have, you know, Diane the mom tucks the kids into bed, turns on the closet light to make sure Carol Ann doesn't get scared. Steve and Diane are smoking pot and they're laughing and having a good time. Right. And then you have, um, you know, you have kind of this big moment where um, thunder happens, there's a storm coming, thunder happens, the kids all run into bed and you have this kind of like earthquake mm-hmm. where the room shakes violently. Carol Ann, Carol Ann says they're here uh, in the big kind of big moment. And it's, from that moment on, the big earthquake, like yeah. what's going on? No one else felt the earthquake. What's yeah. from that moment on? It's really a fast-paced film. It does have a little giddy up too. Once it hits that point, yeah, it does kind of giddy up. Yeah, yeah. And so you go. It's really quick, and then Carol Ann's taken. Right. Like it's like the next night. Like right. you have the big scary moment where Carol Ann's gone. Right. Um. Of course, the boy. I think is. I want to say Robbie is his name. Let me see if I'm right. Yeah, Robbie. Robbie climbs out and like on gets pulled out. The tree gets him. Right. And they all work to try to get the kid, the boy. And then, of course, that's when Carol Ann gets taken. Right. That's so early in the movie. Yeah. I forgot. I thought it was much later. Okay. Okay. Um, so that was one of the things that I'm like, okay, this 
it felt different to me this rewatch yeah. because of the pacing was a lot faster yeah. than I was expecting. It, yeah. it, it has some tendencies that are similar to today's movies where you're like, you're not waiting around. Like you gotta right. go, you gotta go, you gotta right. go. And that's, right. that's Spielberg. Like, you know, Hooper might've been a little bit slower, um, <laughs> you know, on that. Cause Texas Chainsaw yeah. like builds. I was gonna say it's got a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Mystery might be an overstatement, yeah. but a little yeah. bit more intrigue and, and slow. Right. Burn. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting. Just like you're, you're, you're going right in poltergeist. You have so many different things like kind of set pieces, yeah. moments, yeah. things that with the ghosts are scary. You have the investigators come in. So you have the guy, one of the investigators seeing the food move, the steak move on the counter. Right. He goes in and like his yeah. face comes yes. apart. Yes. What's interesting is that almost, that almost gave it like a R rating. Wow. But they made, here's the argument they made. Raiders of the Lost Ark had the face melting. Yes. Face exploding. Yes. It's not R. It's PG. Brilliant. And so that's how they were able to keep it Brilliant. lower rating. But yeah. that's a pretty gross scene as his face is falling off. Yeah, because he just starts to like peel away at it, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, and he just continues just to peel. Yeah. Junk's falling yeah. in the yeah. sink. And um, yeah, so you got you got that moment. Yeah. You have um, uh, you have the ghost coming down the stairs moment right. where they're trying to record it. Right. You have the tree. You have the clown, which is at the toward the end of the movie. But you have all these like elements. Of course, then you have like the giant skull thing coming out of the closet right. when they're trying to rescue Carol Ann. Right, right. You have um, another weird kind of creature at one point. Yeah. Um, so you have all these different like scary elements, the tree, of course. Right. Um, for you as a viewer, was there one set piece thing that really hit that sweet spot of like, that's a little bit freaky. Like that's... I'm bothered by that. Yeah, I've got to say it's the actress that they bring in to play the old lady. <laughs> <laughs> she is kind of terrifying. She is kind of terrifying. She was a hit, though. She was. Like, like living in the past, when you think back yeah. to that time, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm almost positive I remember a skit on Saturday Night Live where they made fun of her. I'm sure. Like, it I'm was, sure. Yeah. It, she was. She, she became part of those zeitgeist. She really did. She really was. Yeah. And and not only they're here, but just kind of this, you know, like little, <laughs> you know, here, here we are, you know, yes. like, like, uh, yes, yes. Like, I'm talking to the coast. And, and it was like, man, it was like a thing. And she yeah. might be four feet. Three, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. She classifies as a little person. I don't want to say too much. No, no, I mean she's definitely in that like that little person range, right? I think so. I think so. So you have, um, uh, I think her name was Tangen, Tangena, Chandena Barons. I think was her name, something like that. Um, so you have Carol Ann getting abducted. You have these investigators coming in. I didn't mind the investigation stuff. That's when my kids like said, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Boring. See, I got things to do. Yeah. Yeah. Go play a video game. Nice. Um, but I actually liked that. Yeah. I, I liked the investigation. I liked um, the question I have is like, if your kid is missing and they try to answer it, like where they're like, we well, hear your kid's really sick and you're really sick, you right, know, right. like talking to the dad. And, and he's like, yeah, we all have the flu. And I'm like, I uh, CPS would be showing up in this I situation. Would, I would hope so. <laughs> like, I would hope so. Like a right? kid just disappears, just gone. Yeah. yeah. So that's a little like, give me a break. Right. But um, you find out, 
you know, with this investigation that they're just not equipped to right. really do what needs to be done to rescue Carol Ann. Right. And so you bring right. in this clairvoyant um, person, um, Diane, um, not Diane, but like um, Tangina, and she basically reveals um, there's a there's basically a demon. I think they even refer to it as the beast, like yeah. that's involved with all of this. Right. And um, that your kid's really in trouble. Right. And the stakes when she shows up just they just stack up quick. Yep. And then you have this sequence, which is really the, the I'm going to give too much away for there can be only one, but <laughs> my favorite sequence is, is rescuing Carol Ann. Okay. I think it's great. Like they put the rope through yeah. and it comes out through the ceiling downstairs, right. but it's in through the closet upstairs right, right. and it's all has ectoplasm on it. Right. Right. Um, the, the dad's going to go, but then they realize, no, the mom needs to go because dad needs to hold on to the rope. Yeah. And, you know, mom's going <laughs> to Can you imagine? Those men. They're, right. They're not that much stronger. <laughs> um, so you have mom going in to get, the, get Carol Ann. Right. I just thought the staging, the sequence, the way it was filmed... Um, the the sound design was really interesting. If you go back and watch it, the noise of the bedroom, the kids' bedroom, is so loud. They were like yelling at each other, right? Like you have to go in, like right. There's and it really is cleverly staged, right? And I thought that might be the highlight of the film, yeah. When, when you know Diane goes in to get Carol Ann and succeeds, like it's right. really a pretty thrilling sequence. Right. They, they put tennis balls through to test is it coming out, like, right? Right. And, it, and I just thought that the sequence was really well done. Does anything like stand out to you when they try to rescue, when you think back to Poltergeist, that whole rescue sequence that you're like, yeah, I like that. Or just well, your thoughts. I, you know, I think it's one, it, it's kind of um, a, a something, a, a, a visual and plot device that yeah. that's used in some of these other films uh, in that horror genre within the eighties. But then we, we see it actually come back with, Stranger Things, and in particularly season yes. four, right? Yes. With where we're having, where we're in, if, sorry, spoiler. Yeah. But like in the trailer where they're trying to like go up into the roof of, yeah. of the trailer, but yeah. it's really like they're falling down and stuff. Yes. And so I think like there's some intriguing things like that whenever you're taking the norm and things that we're familiar with right. and you're, you're throwing in the supernatural within those things. I yes. think to me, that's super intriguing. It really is. Yeah. I think it draws you in. Yeah, and I and, think that to me it's it's much more than if we're off in like some deserted forest or whatever, right? But it's right. like, oh, my closet just turned into this freaking <laughs> It's a portal. Know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it was interesting and I, I can't remember what all elements did this, but there was two or three times when the time that Sam watched, which was really only the first third of the movie, yeah. Um, where Sam was like, That's like Stranger Things. Yeah. That's like Stranger Things. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, they basically stole everything from the <laughs> '80s to make this show that's super right. popular right now. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it was. I think it is that. That's well said. It's like the familiar, and then you put a spin on it. Yep. And so we connect yep. with it. But yep. then when the crazy happens, we're right. kind of pulled in. Right. And, and we're like, oh, how are they going to get out right. of this? What would I do right. if I'm in that situation? Right. And I think. That's very different from like if you set something in a fantasy world or on a totally. spaceship. Yeah, uh, your work is harder when you're in a, that fantasy sci-fi. It can be done, right? 
But you, but a lot relies on character at that point where right. you have to show a character that you can relate to. Right. And then you're in that spot. Like, right. How would I get out of it if I'm in that spot? Whereas right. the setting in a modern tale. Right. Um, if it's familiar to you, yeah. it's much easier to connect. Absolutely. Like the characters don't have to be that drawn right. uh, out in a way that like you really connect with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. So it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. I, you know, there are so many things about poltergeist that are worth talking about. One though is the house it's revealed as the film comes to a climax. Um, that the neighborhood is built on was built on a cemetery and yep. they just removed the headstones. Yep. That's messed up. And yes. there's a great sequence where Craig T. Nielsen, who's sort of like a real estate, I think he's like a real estate guy. Yeah. Who is their top seller. Like yeah. he's made them four mil I think he says four million dollars in sales, which yeah. is crazy. Um in this certain quarter or something right. like that. Right. Anyways, so he's very successful. He's their top seller. Um his boss is basically like, well, we're going to have to get rid of this cemetery and it's up on the hill. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, what, what the hell are there cemeteries everywhere? Right. Right. Like, right, we're, right. We're, like, is it just a big graveyard out in the hills in California? And so, um, yes, <laughs> yeah, we're finding that out as all the water recedes throughout the world. Um, how many people are buried in those? Places? Yes. You know? And so, but that idea of, I want to make a profit. Right. I'm willing to yeah. just do all of these things. I actually found that to be a theme of the, a theme that still resonates. For sure. Like, Probably more now than ever yeah. before. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting just that idea of um just crooked people trying to make a buck. Right. And, you know, of course, just that realization, like, oh crap, like you're making all this money. Yeah. Just recently, there was, I, I, you know, the algorithm. I don't know what this says about me, <laughs> but I was on YouTube, and it tells me what I would like to watch. Oh, yeah. And and this was before I researched Poltergeist. Okay. You. Wow. But it was a, a news story of a, a family that basically someone sent a mom um, a photo from the cemetery saying, you need to look into this. And it was her, I believe it was her grandfather's or father's gravesite. And it was totally something had been it had been reburied. Like the, there was fresh dirt. Whoa. And he had been dead for 15 years. Wow. And so they were like, oh, what's going on? So they start asking questions. Here's what's crazy. The the woman, they were funeral directors at another place. And so they were like, they knew, like, okay, something's very wrong. What's going on? Yeah. But basically, they ha they were having to do some sort of landscaping, and they were disturbing these bodies because there was flooding. But they were literally just taking the body and putting them like they were in these like rotten caskets. They were just thrown in with wood and junk all over. It was wow. like trampling on the dead. Wow. And um, they had to exhume the body. And so it's right now, um, you know, this this cemetery and yeah. whatever company it is, right. is being sued wow. by this family. But it's just like this disregard right. for those buried. And Yikes. so they dug up like like the news cameras are there when yeah. they exhume the body. Yeah. And they don't show anything, but they show the family's reaction, which is one of horror. I'm sure. As they, they see how the sight of their loved one was right. being treated. Right. 
what is that about us where we we have we're very sensitive yeah. to how the dead are treated. Right. Um, in, in in many places in the Western world, I wouldn't yeah. say everywhere, but like, yeah. like we want to take good care of these places. And, yeah. and when I go visit my, my grandmother and grandfather's graves in, in Tuscaloosa, like I really care about how everything looks. Yeah. Like, are, are the flowers still blooming? Right. Are there, right. Like, right. What do you think that is? Like, why do you think we feel this like profound yeah. connection and desire to preserve these places? I don't know. I think cemeteries yeah. and golf courses are a waste of land space, Jeremy. <laughs> <I> think- <laughs> well, this segment went in a different direction. <laughs> um, it, it, it is interesting, right? Because even in Santa Cruz, you know, um, and I don't know if you've been over to it, but on the west side of town, there is a graveyard that has um, Civil War. Oh, really? Wow. Um persons from the civil war that are buried there and you can look at the yeah. whatever remains of the tombstones and that place has actually become more of an encampment of meth heads of course yeah well, <laughs> naturally santa cruz yeah um vampires um <laughs> and so like it's it is interesting right yeah. where i i think that by and large um there there is those that are willing to just be like eh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. and I don't know if you've ever noticed, but like coming toward my house, there there's yeah. a cemetery relatively yeah. close, yeah. right? And like it, over the years, like that has been overgrown, and yeah, like I've never seen anyone in there visiting. Um, and rarely, but yeah. usually because it's like it's so overgrown with right. stuff. In fact, it's been in court a couple of times because the people that like own that cemetery and were like um, contracted to be caretakers of it right. didn't do it. Right, 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 right. Um, and, and so it it is interesting. It is interesting that I, I, I think so much of that can fall to the wayside. And I yeah. think, you know, like it, it to no one's surprise, like when profits involve a stuff, yeah. corners are cut. Bottom line. Yeah. So you have that going on, but then you also have like, I wonder if in communities, and I don't know Soquel, if, if this yeah. is the case for Soquel, because you're from there. Yeah. But like, how many people are like you? You know, that grew up <laughs> very. F- oh, oh, sorry. But, but <laughs> you natives, know, yeah. <laughs> like, like natives, not not like you. Yeah. Devin. <laughs> You're one of a kind. I'm special. My mama told me <laughs> multiple times. You're special. Yeah, it's just like I wonder if like in transient yeah. communities, if you see the cemeteries just kind of falling apart because yeah, like um, I would take this like kind of a back road to go visit my parents in Alabama. So I'm driving through freaking poor rural Alabama. Yeah. And you know, there's several cemeteries on that two hour drive that I would take. Right. And I don't think I saw a single one that was overgrown. Wow. They were all well cared for, well manicured, you know, and that's not always the case, but right. But these are communities that are not transient. Right. And these are people that like, yep, that's my grandfather's great grandfather's great, great great grandfather's grave. Right. 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 I'm I'm gonna make sure someone's cutting the grass, right? And and so I wonder if that even plays a role. But you you have this like this is my big question with Polder guys is like the cemetery's gone, right? No one noticed, right? 
like what? Like yeah. that was the weird. And I think there might even be a line to try to explain that where they said, well, we said we moved it here. Yeah. And so we just put the tombstones over here, but the bodies are all are still, still buried. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how they try to explain yeah. it away. But it's like, come on. Little sketch. Come yeah. on. Someone would have known, right? So that's just my big question with Poltergeist. But we get to the, you know, we get to, it's, it's interesting. Poltergeist has an ending and it's not the ending. Yeah. We have the rescue of Carol Ann. Everything right. goes back to normal. They're getting the hell out of there. They're right. moving. They pack up the truck. Um, but then you have one last hurrah with the right. with, with the poltergeist right. where they come out. And I think it's one of the coolest sequences. Not my favorite, but one of the coolest. Yeah. They actually built a room on a like a gimbal that like rotated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's that famous scene where Joe Beth Williams, Diane, the mom, is kind of like she's going up to the ceiling and rolling right. around on the floor. Right, and right, like, right. I mean, it's crazy yeah. sequence, but yeah. like you know, Inception did something like that in the hallway scene right. where, uh, you know, the guy's running down the hallway and it's right. like spinning. Right. Um, th- this is, was done in 1982. It's not that crazy. Yeah. Come on, Christopher <laughs> Nolan. You're not that original, but like, you know, you have this, this just amazing set piece where she's kind of trying to get to her kids, but the poltergeist isn't letting her, right. The kids are hanging on for dear life. Right. Um, dad's gone. He went to the office to go get stuff. Yeah. And naturally. so it's just mom yeah. fighting to save her children. Yeah. And, um, a lot of people say that's the highlight. Mm-hmm. That's the best part of the movie. Cause she falls into the pool. Right. They're coming out of the pool. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Game is on. It, is it the scariest moment of the film? Um, I don't know if it's the scariest. Yeah. I, I think if we can separate the nuance between scary and intense, I think yeah. it's like the most intense part of the yeah. film. Yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. that it's the most scariest, in my opinion. Yeah, they feel the most vulnerable at yeah. that point. And yeah. it's not just because dad's gone. It's there's this there's a few elements where it seems like the poltergeist is really flexing its muscles. Right. You know, and saying, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm in right. control here. Right. And then you have all the bodies coming out of the ground. Loved that stuff. That was really well done from a filmmaking perspective. And then you have the moment where the poltergeist, the creature, the beast, whatever confronts mom and mom's trying to pull the kids. And she's like, you know, God help me. You know, you have that moment where she's able to get her kids out. Yeah. Um, And then they take off. Right. They draw and the whole house gets sucked into some sort of portal and everybody's freaking out. I, I thought the ending was pretty good. It was sort of a, uh, you thought it was over, right? It's not over. So I, as, I like that. As like many horror movies do, right? I mean, that's kind of like part of the methodology of horror movies. It's like, right. and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this drum, but like you look at the original Friday the Thirteenth, right? We're on the lake. Yeah. The the old lady's got her head cut off. Yeah. And then Jason pops out. Yeah. The water. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and so I think that that's to some extent is a trope, but at the same time, I think that that is also like, yeah, that gives it a little extra dash of spice yeah. for us. Yeah. Is this a family friendly horror movie? I think so. Yeah. I think I, I, I it doesn't go. I mean, there's the, the gooey face scene yeah. you know, where he's like, yeah, yeah, his yeah. face is falling yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah. I guess that might be a kind of like, eh, maybe not if you're, if you're a four year old. Well, but. I mean, it's just, it's funny that, you know, you talk about, Sam, who is roughly yeah. the same age as my daughter, and like we can't, we Jeremy, we can't even watch the freaking Mandalorian with my daughter because she's so sensitive. Uh, so yeah. I just, I just laugh that like Sam just like, ah, yeah, Ghost coming out on TV doesn't impress me. Yeah, he really, he really <laughs> not. He'll, here's the hard stuff because he's ten. Yeah, he'll say, hey, Dad, um, I heard about this movie called, um, and he will give me some title. Yeah, and it's like he cannot watch that. <laughs> 
And I'm like, where'd you hear about that? Oh, school. We we're just talking about scary movies, and they're talking about those. Can I watch that? And I'm like, oh, buddy, no. But I know this. The, it has some elements in them. Like, ah, you're just not ready for that. Right. I don't want to have that conversation. Right. Yet. Yeah. And we're not going to be watching The Exorcist yeah. quite yet. Yeah, yeah. Right. But but he he, I think he can handle stuff way better than my older the older two yeah. kids. Yeah. In yeah my yeah, family. Yeah. It's yeah. weird how kids have these personalities. Yeah. And he he laughs. It's like truly disturbing stuff, and he's just cackling. Just, I think it's the idea of being chased. He loves that stuff. Yeah. Even as a little kid, he would like, yeah, games like tag or yeah. something like. There's yeah, like yeah. a scary element. I mean, he just ate that stuff up. And I so, love it. I love it. So, um, he really dug Blair Witch. Um, but but he, you know, he, he we watched. I edited a few parts of Scream out, and he watched that recently. Yeah, like the original '97 yeah. Scream. Yeah, and he just loved it. He I goes that. It. He goes that might be one of the best ones I've seen. Dad. Wow. I'm like, okay, okay. That is a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> So, family-friendly poltergeist. Yeah. I was talking to our wonderful patron, yeah. Trevor. Yes. And um, he said he thinks poltergeist 2 is scarier. Mm-hmm. Where do you land on poltergeist 2? Because we need to talk about it. Like, I was weirded out more by poltergeist 2. Okay. I don't know if I would say it's scary. Where? Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Like, well, where? let me just let me just <laughs> give you one definitive sentence, Jeremy. Um, a a still shot of the creepy old man from Poltergeist Two is more scary than Poltergeist yeah. in its entirety as a film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Julian Beck, he plays Kane. Yeah, he's he's scary. Yeah. He's yeah. Scary. Yeah. yeah. It's. I think it was called The Other Side. Yeah. I think was the name of it. Um. I I saw that probably more. Yeah. Than you know the original, right? And I don't know why. I think it was just on the 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 rotation because it, it came out when I was was in junior high. Yeah. So, and it was on the rotation on TV, well, and so I just had yeah. more access to it. I guess. I think that that's a lot of things, right? Yeah. Where there was this weird point in <laughs> television history yeah. where the originals often weren't on. Play, right, right, but right, the right. sequels often got a whole lot of airtime, especially yeah. if you had cable with things like yeah. TBS and TNT and stuff like FX, things yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, there's some dark stuff in too, for sure. For like, sure. like at one point, Stephen tries to rape Diane. Yeah, like I yeah. mean, it, there's some like what? Yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. and of course he's possessed. And, right, you know all that business. Yeah. but like. I just found that one to be way darker and you know, you have a different director, like it's based on characters, but uh, of Spielberg, but like it's not written by Spielberg. It's not, well, it's, it's jaws too, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. We're trying to capitalize on Steven's work. Yeah. Basically, basically (laughs) totally different writing crew, producing crew. They got the band back together. Right. Um, But you know, there's so many, you know, people talk about the curse of Poltergeist, where several of those actors and actresses did, didn't live much longer afterwards. Like I the, did not know this. The, the eldest daughter, of course, um, died. Wow. Um, you had um, the youngest one, the well, yeah, um, Carol Ann. Yeah, Carol Ann. Yeah, died. I, I have an article. Let me see. Heather O'Rourke was her name, uh-huh. and she, let's see, she passed away in 1988. Whoa. So, um, you know, right after Poltergeist 2. And um, and then I think, I don't know if the boy, um, how long he <laughs> lived. I, yeah. I, he might still be alive. Yeah. But, like, the eldest daughter also 
died. Wow. Um, I want to say, I didn't do a ton of research on this because yeah. I just didn't want to go down that dark road. Right, but right. like, I think she might have been murdered. Yikes. I think so. Wow. I would have to double check. But, yeah. But yeah, there's like, people talk about the curse of poltergeist. Yikes. And um, Craig T. Nelson, though, he went on to make Parenthood. And, uh, a coach. You know, yeah, coach. Yeah. And, um, Which arguably was a curse into itself. <laughs> Possibly, possibly Minnesota State possibly. or something like that. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, <laughs> with yeah. Dauber. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That was a thing, wasn't it? That that was a thing. Oh, that man. was a thing. Oh man. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, there can be only one. There can be only one. All right, Devin. What is the single best thing about Poltergeist? It could be a character, moment, scene, line, theme. Song? I don't think there was a song um, about the movie. Yeah. For you, what's the what's the best thing about it? Yeah, I, I think it just goes back to like stuck in the zeitgeist. They're yeah. here. Yeah. I, that 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 yeah. just that was used on so many different things by so many different people, yeah. completely out of context. Totally. But I, I think for me, like that, that is probably the biggest lasting thing. Yeah. Of that film for me. Yeah, for me, it's, 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 I totally agree with that. I, I think for me, it's just, you know, the, the saving Carol Ann sequence we talked yeah. about earlier. I think it builds really well to this like climactic moment where, right, um, Joe Beth Williams saves her daughter. And yeah. I, I find it compelling. I found it, I find it like really competently composed sequence. Like yeah. it builds and there's like a payoff and just in terms of filmmaking language, it's really well done. I right. love that stuff. So right. uh, that would be my favorite thing. And uh, we're done with Poltergeist, man. I yeah. don't know. Do we do Poltergeist 2? Maybe on pay for our patrons? Here's what I think we should do, Jeremy. Okay. That we, we'll have to kind of sketch this out off air. But I think we need to do a special on sequels. We just need to have yeah. like a, just like best of the sequels. And maybe oh, almost like yeah. a bracketed tournament or something. And and do best of the sequels. I think I think that's yeah. Maybe we could get Carl the intern to kind of help us out with that a little bit. Yeah, and, Carl, and set that up. Carl, I think Carl would be happy. He's probably he's so probably he's already got it set up. He's just <laughs> in one of his filing cabinets, ready <laughs> to go. Yes, he's probably already done <laughs> showing us up as always. Indeed, indeed. Hey, you can find us on Twitter. I don't tweet, but we're on Twitter. That's <laughs> uh, at Live in the Past. L I V I N the Past. Uh, we're on Patreon though, and that's where we do put stuff and that's patreon.com forward slash living in the past l-i-v-i-n-i-n the past uh facebook yeah we're there living the past um next episode devin unforgiven 1992 oh, clint eastwood nice uh it is the 30th anniversary nice. um so we got that coming up um yeah patreon has a bunch of stuff uh, we already have out uh, we have some commentary tracks coming out. We're going to be doing some video stuff. So if you're interested and you want to support the show, pop on over there to patreon.com forward slash live in the past. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back soon. 